listening to the Retro Guardians. Okay, now what? Buckle up. Have you ever bought or rented a videotape that wasn't quite right? <laughs> Groovy. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Hasta la vista, baby. Retro Guardians. Hi, this is Ben, and this welcome to this week's Retro Guardians. Hello, hello. Welcome aboard. I thought this week we'd do an Italian horror film. I was in the mood for something of the giallo variety. Mm. Now, giallo in uh, Italian means uh, yellow or the colour of fear. So whenever you hear a film as a giallo film, that's what it's referring to. Mm. And they seem to be very popular specifically during the 70s and the early to late 80s. So this particular one, I thought I'd go with a not as well-known classic to most people, but to our circles, yes. Luca Fucci's The Beyond. Or in Italian, La Dilla. I think I said that right. I don't know. But uh, translating for The Afterlife. Yes. Uh, Fucci uh, had been a director in many other genres before this. Now, like most Italians at the time during the 50s and the 60s, whatever was popular is what they generally jumped on the bandwagon with. So he did everything from, I think, a few sword and sandal movies to even a few spaghetti westerns to, I think, he even did a heist movie in the late eighty oh sorry, late 60s, early 70s with um, um, someone very famous of the day. I just can't, the name slips me at the moment. But um, he would, whatever was popular at the time. So when George Romero did Dawn of the Dead, he immediately did a zombie film called Zombie. And he actually stuck to the zombie genre for a while after that. He's had several movies with zombies. So I think The Beyond was the third or the fourth one, that maybe would be the third, that he did of that caliber. And so this film, which came out in 1981, involves a lady inheriting a hotel in New Orleans. But this hotel happens to be built on one of the seven gates of hell. Now, this is not the only film that he delves on that subject with The Seven Gates of Hell. One of the later ones, City of the Living Dead, or a.k.a. Gates of Hell, also deal with that storyline. So, it sets upon her trying to rebuild it and get it going, and then a series of misfortunes happen to several of the staff, uh, several other people nearby, something pretty uh, traumatic and horrifying happens to them, and uh, she starts to have visions of something connected to the hotel there's a particular painting that's in the hotel that plays prominent throughout the film and it's not to the end that you understand the meaning of it mm, okay so as the film goes along uh, she's helped by one of the locals who was i think a doctor at the time and it's played by david warbeck and um, he was an english actor living in italy and he, he was very popular over there and made a pretty good career regular career out of working in italy during this time period and I do know the film was actually filmed in two locations, mainly. Uh, all the interior work was done in Italy, and most of the location work was done in Louisiana, particularly around New Orleans, where the film is set. Um, for, I think, in those days, they were really trying to calibre and get into the American market. So a lot of Italian films, specifically if they were set in America, they were able to sell them better. And I, I do know this on a couple of other films, not just horror films. They were doing this so they can get into the markets. Um, 
it definitely gets the feel of New Orleans right. Um, it gets that uneerie and sort of sort of mystical vibe that it sort of does very well with um, the feeling of New Orleans and that the sort of um, you're not 100% sure of what's going on at the time. And it does it really, really well. Um, I think by this point in his career, I think he was a lot better at it than he was at the start of his career. But um, The Seven Doors of Death is another title that the film is known as. And I do believe the the, the band um, Europe did a song called The Seven Doors Hotel, which was inspired by this film, I think maybe a year or two later after this. So it definitely plays into the whole zombie hell sort of motif, which was very popular as we did with one of our other movie reviews just recently that plays on a lot of those during the 80s and his zombies are very different and one thing you always hear a fuchi zombie and they're more a lot more sort of um distinct and grotesque than a normal zombie so they play on a lot of those motifs um a lot of characters lose or are killed via the eyes because the fear the fear is or the feeling is that it's the eyes are the windows of the soul so the Italians really tapped into that a lot with a lot of films in that period too, and he was one of them that did that a lot. There's one specific scene in The Beyond with, with, involving a maid that even I've never forgotten. But there's a couple of very memorable set pieces, including one in uh, in, in one of the, the hospitals, and definitely I have to mention the spider sequence in the library. And I do believe that he used the same library for one of his other films. I think it was House by the Cemetery. It's the same library. So waste not, want not. I know it's been a very long time since you've seen it, Jay, but do you have any memories or feelings towards it? Oh, I can't remember enough about it. I um, I think I saw it, what, 20 years ago? Um, I remember you mentioned it to me and said, hey, I want to see this movie, um, this Italian movie, and it was so hard to find. We looked everywhere. This is obviously before the days of streaming and watching things online, and I found a DVD internationally and ordered it online, which was, I guess, early days of the internet, online shopping. It was an American yeah, copy. Yeah, NTSC. NTSC. We had yeah. trouble playing it. But yeah, it eventually arrived and we sat down and watched it. So that's probably like, yeah, 20 years ago. So I remember little tiny bits of it, um, but probably not enough to really give you much help in the commentary, unfortunately. But I'm, I'm listening and remembering as you're talking about it. I do believe they had their form of the Necronomicon in there. There was yeah. some sort of book. Book, yes. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> I, I remember the hotel um, and I do remember the... Um, um, the, what's her name? The main actor? The lady. Um, the lady, yeah. Catherine, Catherine McColl. Yeah, yeah, I remember Catherine. her. I think she's English as well, if I'm mm. not mistaken. I, the only thing I can't remember was, was it recorded, like when it was filmed? Because most of the um, actual actors are uh, English speaking. Are they? Oh, they're Italian, are they? Yeah, there were a lot of Italians. Okay, so did they redub it or yes. was it sort of... No, no, no. See, late 60s up until that period... Every actor spoke their natural language. Mm. And the ones that, you know, say if someone's speaking in German, they leave them alone and redub everyone in German. Same thing with Italian, same thing with English. They just had them. Um, they did that as far back as um, Clint Eastwood's um, Fistful of Dollars. They just had the natural actors do that. But for some actors, it was very difficult because someone else is speaking another language, you know, their lines. So you had mm. to be very aware of that. I do yeah. know both the leads were English. So I know they were, they were dubbed. I don't know who did them for Italian, but I know a lot of the other actors. I do know there was a problem at the start. At the very start of the movie, which is done in black and white, um, a man who's believed to be a warlock, uh, a sort of a lynch mob. Um, yeah. Um, sorry. Um, 
they um they grab him and they I think they almost uh, crucify him in mm. the basement, which happens to be the the gateway. The gateway. I was going to say I remember something about the, their basement being the gateway and a hand coming out and that sort of stuff. So this actor, I think he ran away twice. Mm. Um, didn't like the shooting or something, and he fled to Paris or something on the commentary. They yep. had to chase him down to finish the film or something. Ah. So that happened a bit, and then. Yeah, there's a sequence in that later as well that um, involves the hand, as you said, and we yeah. find what's left to him, and he becomes one of the main zombies for the movie. Yep, yep. Yes, but they, like I said, they, they really tried to use locations very well in those films. I mean, you're trying to sell it overseas in that, so you're really trying to, um, to get into a market where you can sell it. I mean, uh, horror films always sold well but i do know they were trying really to tap into markets where they knew they could get a definite sell so i know the film was released the following year in america some of the other films uh, it took a little longer to get them released in like some of dario gento's night uh 70s films in particular were um a bit harder to get in there than some of the others but once they become popular and they made money yeah um they sold really well but i know in the case of beyond it was a year later and also his follow-up film um, City of the Living Dead got released the same year in, in America, so it was like a like a double whammy for him mm. when they were released in America. Yeah, I do remember this like a like a psychic or a, or a clairvoyant that's blind in the film, and she sort of gives her a warning about something's coming or something. Yeah, and I do remember all that sequencing and that. And there's another thing involving a, a, a girl that she gets blinded, a redhead little girl, and then she becomes a zombie. Yeah. So I remember all those bits too. They were those um, actors you see with the the white eyes, wasn't it? Was that yeah. Catherine McCall, the main that's, character? Yeah, that's the ending. That's yeah. the ending, yeah. Um, it's the painting. So right. there's this painting that's in the lobby or something at the hotel, mm. and that's the very last image of the of the movie. They're in the painting. Right. They're literally living the real moment in the painting. Yeah, that's the main zombie there, Jay, when he comes out. Mm-hmm. But the crucifixion scene was very brutal. I do remember that. Right. Fuji did not hold back with violence. Mm. In some of his films are some really violent scenes in some of his films. And we've we've spoken about some um, zombies in the last review or two. Um, what what were the zombies like in this film? Or your monsters, whatever you want to call them. Well, except for the main one there, mm. they basically all did look normal. But most of his zombies don't look... They look more, you know, uh, rotting like and... Rotting, yeah. Yeah, he was more into that. So I remember hearing a person talk about Jason's look in Friday the 13th Part 6 that he looks more like a Fuji zombie, and I can actually see it now. I know mm. what he's, he's referring to. Yeah, yeah, we have some pictures up on the screen as we're talking, and, yeah, I can see that they're quite, yeah, that rotten sort of dishevelled, um, you know, mean-looking things. They're not like the old traditional zombies that you, you normally... They've been dead a while. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. That's even the scene their, in the hospital, that one. E- yeah. Even their face is sort of all mushed up. You can't see any of the facial features and stuff, so... Yeah, it looks very different. And I can see the Friday the 13th vibes there um, with Jason. I definitely can. Um, Particularly with the clothing. Like, it looks like they're out of a coffin that's been in the ground for a thousand years. Like, it's all rotten and covered in mould and, um, you know, torn and stuff. So, yeah, it does look different. Um, How do they kill them? They've got to close the gate. In both this and his follow-up movie, City of the Living Dead, it's about closing the gate. Yeah, there's a specific way you can do it. There's, like I said, there's a book that's very much like the Necronomicon that tells them how to do it. That's held at um, uh, another location that they're able to find. The book or something it's called. I can't think of it straight off the top of my head. And uh, that's how they're able to tell them how to close the gates. Um, 
there's several things, like several people try to look into certain things about the hotel and they die. I remember there's someone looking at the architectural plans in the in the library and then suddenly something makes him fall off the um, off the ladder and then suddenly you see the book and suddenly the um, plans dissolve themselves. And then suddenly that's when the spiders come out. That's the spider sequence, which um, most people seem to remember because it sound, when the spiders attack the body, it sounds like they're eating at a buffet or something. I remember someone always laughing about that, going, it sounds like a heap of people eating at a buffet or something, all the sound effects with them. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I remember, were they like the tarantulas? Yes. Yeah, yeah just that real ugly spider, yeah. Um, no, that's interesting. And I, I noticed with like the, I think there was one of the translations or the titles, The Seven Doors of Death, That was a was that an alternative name for it? It could be. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, was there? What's the relationship with the seven doors in this movie? So the seven doors refer to the seven gates of hell in his universe. There yep. are seven gates of hell on Earth. Now we only see them, I think, in only two movies: this film and the follow-up movie, um, City of the Living Dead. Right. But how the one it both involves someone dying that opens mm. the, the doorway up. But the specific one of the next one's more sort of sacrilegious. It's actually a priest that hangs himself mm. in a cemetery, and that's what opens that particular gate up. Right. And then all mayhem ensues, very similar to this. So City of the Living Dead was 1980, a year before this one? Yes, but it was released after After, it. okay. So is it like a flow-on trilogy, or are we talking three? Because like, also The House by the Cemetery is another one in this um, group, Yeah, but I don't, I don't remember if that one has anything to do with The Seven Gates. Gates of Hell. That's something okay. to actually look up. Are but they linked, the three movies, or are they just separate movies? I think House by the Cemetery is separate, but the, yeah. the other two are only linked because it's The Seven Gates of Hell. I okay. think each one is it's to do with that. I don't mm. think he did a third. I really don't. He might have done one of his later ones. I can't tell you. But mm. The Seven Gates of Hell, that, that's the only continuation with some of his films. Mm. But the idea of it's definitely, like, that, that's, a, that's a premise I would definitely look into. If I'd done a series of films, you could do a different one each time and just have it in a different location and stuff. Mm. Yep, so, yep. Yeah, I always remember that. Yeah. Actually, The Seven Doors of Death. Yeah, here we go. That's the US name. Um, when it was re-released, when we got our copy, I know yeah, Tarantino... Yeah, Back to the Beyond. Yeah. yeah. Tarantino's... Yeah. Rolling Thunder Pictures re-released it for DVD release. Mm. And I know Quentin was a big fan of this film. So I do know he helped get it re-released on DVD around 2000. 2000, yeah. yeah. Is that Grindhouse releasing? Anchor Bay oh, Entertainment, Anchor Bay. Yep. which is Bill Luskig, who did yep. the Maniac Cop films. He helped get a lot of horror films re-released on DVD. But mm. what Bill did that a lot of places didn't, and this is the same with Dario Argento's work, Bill made sure they were released the original vision of their films. Mm. So a lot of films were released like director's cuts or their original cuts were released that way. And I know he had a lot to do with that. And it was really good to see some of these films in their uncut form. Yeah. And I know he was a big fan of this film as well. Mm. And I see that there was a Blu-ray version in Australia that was released in 2013 as well. well I might have it. Um, yeah. I might go home and probably find yeah. it. Um, and then I think it also says in 2018 it was on um, Amazon Video Streaming. So, like, it's still getting yeah. um, some following today. Um, yeah. What was the sort of following like? It's obviously a movie that's become a cult classic over the years. To be honest, I didn't hear about it until the late 90s, like mm. you said, when we found it. I can't... Before me, can you honestly think of anyone that talked to you about Italian horror movies? Never. Oh, actually, I think there was a little bit of a mention on one of those Netflix docos or something, but look, it's, yeah, 
very rare. Yeah, I was telling someone this when I, I met someone in America about somehow we got brought up Dario Argento's work and I mentioned him and Fucci and that too. And I said to them, I didn't get told about them. I discovered them myself. I didn't know many people into specifically their works. Oh, all Carpenter and Wes Craven and all those guys, yes. But not the Italians. Yeah, I sort of discovered them on my own. And mm. it was because one of them, I think it was Deep Red, which is um, Dario's film. It was on SBS, Jay, for the first time. Mm. And unfortunately, I fell asleep before the ending, literally 20 minutes before it ended. So I don't know how it ended. It took me a few years, but I managed to find a video copy in Sydney in 99. And I just wanted to see how it ended. That's the only reason. Mm. There was no YouTube in those days, folks. Yeah. Yeah, it was so, always hard, wasn't it? Like, yeah. just to, to look at this movie, I remember the, the challenges I went to to try and get this DVD 20 years ago. You were telling me, oh, there's this Fuji movie that's meant to be really good. Um, I need to find it. Can you can you get it for me over the internet? And, the other yeah. thing, folks, we didn't know about DVD players only being able no, to play one region in those days. Yeah. yeah. Nowadays, well, what we did discover... We found that one of my my only one at the time actually played American region DVDs, so that was like okay, we have some way to watch them. Yeah, and it was generally a case of the cheaper and more nasty the DVD player, the more um, coverage it had for different regions. So, like I had a Sony one, which was quite an expensive DVD player at the time, one of the first ones that come out, um, and it only played PAL DVDs Australian. But yours, I think, was just a bit of a you know no $50 name dollar one. one. Yeah, yeah, and it played everything. I'm like, damn. And I think we even, I think at a time, had some codes we could chuck in to play other ones and stuff. Yeah, it was it was interesting, interesting times. Now they just, you know, everything's online. There's no region, cross-region issues. Um, so he, he really was in his stride by the time he, we got into the 80s. Mm. I think he was almost making a horror movie a year there for a while. Yeah, heaps. Yeah. I haven't seen all of them, not even close mm. to his work. Dario's, I've seen all but probably his later works. And same thing with Roberto Bava. I've probably seen just a handful of his films as well. I do know the man had di- a diabetes, and I know that mm. sort of obscured his work at the end of his life. He could barely walk. That's what that's what killed him. Yeah, and so I do know, speaking of someone that right now has a, pe- a family member that's like that, I understand how difficult that can be. Mm. Um, I know he died in 1996, Jay, I'm not mistaken. I don't mm. know how old he was. Yeah, 96, yeah. Yeah, probably in his early 70s or late no, 60s. 68 when he died. There you go. Yeah, pretty young. Yeah, but I know he didn't look good. I'd seen a photo. There was a... This is how old we are, folks. There was a early website by a fan in America that Jay and I used to check out occasionally at that point in the late 90s called House of Horror. And it was all about the then the more popular kind of franchise movies. But he had a few films in there that were like this. That's how probably I found out about this film, by the way, Jay. It was probably that website. I don't even know if it's still standing, this site. But it was very popular. And um, it's probably gone now. I don't know what happened to it anymore. But it was a fan that literally would go to all the horror conventions and he'd say about all who he met and all that. And then he was the first guy to tell us that some of these actors had died. Same thing. It was very early days of the internet. So I remember it was because of him I found out that Donald Pleasance had died, the original Dr. Loomis from um, from the um, Halloween series. And I think he died in 1995. And there were a few oh. others as well, like some of the background actors of certain horror films. So I'm these were very helpful. I remember that. I don't even remember the website. I remember you talking about it now that you mention it, but jeez, like your memory's in, uh, just insane. I, <laughs> I can't remember it at all. Phantasm. That site, that's this. Uh, that's quick, another little tangent, folks. We've been trying to find the original Phantasm for ages, and we just couldn't find it. 
and then we discovered in Australia it was renamed as the Never Dead, and me and Jay had walked past that cover a heap of times. So once we heard it was that, we rushed down and immediately and rendered it. I remember, I remember. So these were the early, late, like 96, 97 Mm. period of the internet in that period. And like I said, it was very helpful for us who were bored and trying to find some stuff. And so these earlier sites were really useful for that. Yeah, that's right. And um, back then the internet was very different to what it is now in terms of, you know, the number of websites were significantly less and, you know, finding stuff online was much easier. You know, you'd come across them and, you and you know, you'd get like directories, you know, instead of the Google search, you'd actually have directories that would list sites and they were generally that. more quality content. I remember that. That was yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. But um, in those days... It was the early days, and so we really would check there to find some inspiration for something to watch. Mm. I mean, we had a lot of video stores, as I've said in many other conversations on here, but it was always fun for something different, and we didn't really know anyone that knew some of these horror films. Now, usually we had recommendations from older family members or even cousins or friends, families, kids who were older than us, but some of the others, it was just hard to find. Yeah. And then... Like I said, we came across a few early horror websites that were really useful. And like I said, I haven't looked at them in years, so I don't even know if they're still there or not. But in those days, it was really good. Yeah. Hmm. So hang on a second. I believe Jay's just discovered one of them. I'm just having a look on the Wayback Machine. That's um, it. Yeah, I think I found it. It was oldhouseofhorrors.com. I don't even know if the website still exists or not, but... Um yeah, it's the old classic, awesome. Uh, I'll, I'll link it in the uh, show description if you want to have a look on the Wayback Machine going back to 1998. Just the old, awesome, classic 90s looking websites with the repeated pattern background and the oh, Times yeah. New Roman italic text in red. And you can't forget the guestbook. How good was the guestbook, you know? Um, I love it. I really do love these old websites. They're amazing. Um, but yeah, I think this was the one. It does look familiar. Does, he, does this look like it? just hold it there one sec, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, it is, because he's mentioning the Beyond there in the Gore store. Down the, ah. down the mother. He's got uh, a couple of the um, Italian guys in there, not just the ones I mentioned, a couple of the mm. other guys, like Umberto Lenzi and stuff like that. So... I mean, this was the place we discovered some of these films. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if it's still... I think it was The Vault. Or it was the, oh, That's it. Yeah, he had all the directors. Pictures, that's how we yeah. found out about a lot of I'll link work. this in the show notes. Yeah, people, I think, will quite enjoy this site. It's um, And I do remember it now that I'm looking at it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the first time. So this guy did a mm. whole thing about this man passing away. Mm. It was the first time I saw that too. And mm. he had this effect, and Jay can see it in front of me. It actually has dripping blood, like as a line yeah. underneath certain things. Yeah, that's it, Jay. That's how I found out about it. Yeah, and he's got it's more so picture, a few pictures of the Beyond. And I remember looking at these, and you'd wait ten minutes for the pictures to load. There was definitely no video, but um, he talks a little bit about um, how he actually idolizes Lucio Fulci and um, you know his work and how amazing it is. So I think um, yeah, this guy definitely was a big fan. Yeah, he mentioned some of the other guys too, but yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. was a big fan of Fucci. I do remember that. There's a film from 1996 that Bill Luskig did called uh, Uncle Sam that both Jay and I had watched when mm. it came out, and I know the very end of the movie. I, I remember that quite clearly. Yeah, it was an interesting movie. Well, it was dedicated to him. It's mm. like it says for Luca at the very end, and that's who it was dedicated mm. to. I think it's that one, Jay. Just check the vault. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have a look. Yeah, this that's is it. it. That's yeah. it. There's yeah. all of them. It's got all the real, the old um, uh, posters and um, what do you call it? Um, cover art for all of them. They look really cool. 
that's the setup and then down the bottom it had the yeah it's a euro horror classic horror hammer horror asian horror independent horror silent horror and mexican horror mm. i don't remember the mexican part being there but i remember the other ones being there mm-hmm. so yeah that was the first site we looked on for this film and i'm amazed that jay was able to find it but there's a few on there that's still to this day favorites of ours mm. so i'm amazed it's still there it's probably not manned anymore right jay don't know um i will have a look and see if the website's still up in modern day like i said this was a way back machine which um is an awesome project that archives has archived website over the uh, websites over the last few years um there is the website is still there i'm not sure if it's the same person running it or whether it's someone different um it's houseofhorrors.com oh he's got a section up here full gc so maybe um just Jay, Jay, check the vault that's up the end there. Yeah, it looks like it is still the same. Um, he's just owner. updated it. Yeah, he's yeah, updated wow. it to a modern website now. But um, yeah, it looks yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah, still oh, still exists. Definitely would like to do a shout out to this mm. guy because yeah, he was one of the first fanboy guys that we saw that were doing, especially mm. even in the nineties. He was able to meet a lot of the actors that sadly are no longer with us. That yeah. even I wish we could have met back in the day. I really regret mm. that. So I think we're going to wrap it up. This uh, Jay, I think we've done enough for today, and I hopefully hope everyone's enjoyed listening to us reminisce not just about the film but the early days of the internet. So do we um, do we give this one a thumbs up? Do we recommend people watch The Beyond? Yes, they're... I do, Jay. I give an absolute thumbs up. And what um, um, what sort of uh, audience? What like what would people uh, want? Like if they what's their tastes in films? That it'd would be uh... super, it'd be supernatural yep. zombie gore. That's okay. what it would be. Supernatural zombie gore, if that's you, the Beyond, or Laldilla in Italian, um, or also known as the Seven Doors of Death. But I'd also recommend his other works, both before and after this, if you're into this film, like Zombie, and mm. definitely City of the Living Dead, and House by the Cemetery. He did do several others after this, I think like Manhattan Baby, and I think he even did one called The Cat, if right. I'm not mistaken. He, he, he was very uh, busy in the 80s, so I definitely think you could find something of his work. Mm. But this is Italian horror, folks. That's the one thing I have to be imply very much so. Yeah. That it's not what you're going to expect a normal horror film to be. Okay. So yep. I'm Ben. I'm Jay. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed us today, and hopefully you'll check out our website, Jay. Uh, RetroGuardians.com, or also our Facebook page, RetroGuardians Podcast on Facebook. We're the one and only there, so you should find us pretty easily and hopefully you'll enjoy if you enjoy what we're talking about you'll keep listening to us so hopefully you have a good one we'll, we'll be talking to you soon thanks thanks see you all retro guardians